0: This is the Lamp Life Podcast, where we apply the light of the word to all of life. I am Brendan Scoggin, here with my most excellent co-host, the one and only Dr. Reverend Pastor. There it is. I knew that was coming. Five times graduate of every Southern Baptist seminary known in the United no. States of America.
1: No. The one and only Dr. No, only two of the seminaries. You're,
0: sp- you're supposed to say your name now.
1: Oh yeah, Ed Romine. <laughs> yep. Yes.
0: Uh, what are we doing here, Ed? I don't know. Well, what are fir- we doing right now? First off, we got headphones on. Microphones.
1: Well, you wanted to start this podcast, and I thought, sure, that's sounding like a good idea. <laughs>
0: And so, here we are. That just sounds nice and dandy. Yeah, it sure
1: does. <laughs> it sure does.
0: Oh, uh, well, you are listening to the pilot episode of the Lamp Life Podcast, and uh, we are going to be just talking a little bit about who we are, so you know who in the world you're listening to. Mm-hmm. I already told you everything you need to know about Ed Romine. Yeah. Uh, I lead a pretty boring
1: life, that's true, <laughs> yep.
0: Oh, uh, you and your anchovies.
1: They don't need to know about that.
0: That's for later on. Yeah. Oh man. Uh. Yeah. So we're just going to be introducing the podcast a little bit today, and then uh, we'll get into a little bit of what we're planning to do with season one, which mm-hmm. will be, uh, really our beginning. Um. Yeah. I. I we'll explain all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I need to say anything else right now. Right. Because we need to know who you are. Oh well. So
1: as it's already been stated,
0: <laughs> uh, my name is Ed. Tell us everything.
1: Okay, everything
0: well, we need to know. About I mean, you.
1: first off, I'm a born again Bible believing Christian. Uh, secondly, I am honored and blessed to be a member and one of the pastors of First Baptist Church of Provo, Utah. Mm. See, I didn't put in the Utah.
0: Yep. I hear I hear this good church. I mean I don't know. Yeah, if, you know.
1: I, I mean it's a pretty good church. The preaching most of the time is good, except for when that crippled guy gets
0: up there to preach. Yeah, everybody really takes air out of the room. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: Or when he does announcements, you know, <laughs> that also sucks the life
0: out of people. So uh, so one thing you need to know about Ed is that he's from Texas. That's right, and so am I. Yeah, so we're Texas expats. Living in Utah. That's right. And uh, my father, of course, is from Texas. My father, however, has something in common with Ed that I do not have in common with Ed, and that's that they're both from small-town Texas. Yeah, big, Mm
1: -hmm. beautiful accents. Yeah,
0: that makes a difference. Yeah. But uh, the service for our church, because, of course, if you don't already know this, I'm a uh, member and one of the pastors at First Baptist Church of Provo, Provo as well. But uh, our service got fully, the the whole service got recorded this week and put online. Usually we just put the sermon online, but somehow everything got up up there. And as with anybody whose parents out there are believers, my parents are obviously our church's biggest fan. So, you know, they're always listening to all of the stuff that we're doing. They'll probably Mm -hmm. be listening to this. But, uh, yeah, I heard a rumor that my father... Loved the announcements this past week so much, oh man, that he rewound them and watched them twice.
1: Yep, yep. He he apparently did. And, yeah, and uh,
0: of course so. Ed did the announcements, and it was story time with Ed. <laughs> it was just everybody was uh, gathering up around the fire. It was something. Well,
1: you know, you had told me a couple of days ago just be yourself. So I'm like, heck, That's I'm going to go
0: for it. So it's true. You did that. You yeah, did, you did that for sure.
1: Yes, that's right. That's All right.
0: right. Yeah. So t- tell us just a little bit of, uh, maybe we'll get into semi-serious mode. Mm-hmm. If if you don't understand sarcasm, this is not the podcast for you. If you're not comfortable with semi-dark humor about people in wheelchairs and things <laughs> of that nature, this is not going to be the podcast for you. I would never do that. Would I? Uh, no, 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 you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Yep. Yep. Uh, so what we're going to do today, though, is we are just going to share a little bit of our testimony, a little bit of our story, and of course, it'll be the brief version uh, before we get into sharing a bit about the purpose of the podcast. But uh, yeah, go go ahead, Ed, and just share a little bit about uh, how you came to know the Lord, yeah. um, and then also, you know, perhaps how you ended up in in Utah and what you're doing out here, what your right. role is, and all that good stuff.
1: So I will give the very short and cliff notes version. Uh, if you haven't figured out by now, I'm the crippled guy to whom I was referring to earlier. Um, I have several palsy. If we were doing the video, you could see me actually sitting in my wheelchair. Uh, and uh, uh, and you, sever- you'd
0: see me sitting in his other wheelchair.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but okay. Yeah, I, I'd
0: recommend everybody have a friend in a wheelchair because, I mean, Ed gets some pretty cool <laughs> toys that we get to play with.
1: That's right, because all people in wheelchairs are created equal, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I'm just saying. Yeah. Ed, Ed just got like a new chair, and it's like the Lamborghini of of electrical wheelchairs. And so now we've got his old electrical wheelchairs just sitting around. Yeah, that's around, right. Up at the church building, and we just we just ride them around and have a good old time. Oh yeah, that's right. They're like F1, Formula One racers. Speeding around to these things.
1: Yep, and then <laughs> and then the Tesla of the wheelchairs that I have. It's nice. Yep, I can basically sleep in this thing. But anyway, with that said, though, I have several palsy, and the long story short, I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, I was raised by my grandparents, and they were what I like to call. C and E Christians, which basically means they went to church on Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. And they also sent me to VBS, Vacation Bible School. And I hated it because back in the 90s, all the activities presupposed that you could sing and dance and wanted to do those things. Mm -hmm. And, And, I mean, that's never been my personality to begin with. And so... You know, I really didn't like VBS at all, and and, uh, I just grew up with a lot of hatred in my heart towards God. I never doubted His existence; that was never one of my issues. But I did uh, actively oppose Him and hate Him because, I thought, well, you know, if what my grandparents was teaching me was true—that God is good, God is Creator, and God is loving. Why would he create me with a disability? So I really hated him for it. They didn't have good answers for me. They taught me that uh, when I died, I would become one of God's angels in heaven, Mm. which is theologically abhorrent Mm -hmm. on many different levels. And uh, so I wasn't taught uh, good theology aside from general, vague truisms about God. And so uh, I just grew up hating God. And I always had a fascination uh, with the dark and demonic for as long as I could remember. You know how people that may struggle with certain sexual sins will say like, you know, hey, as as long as as I could remember, I felt this way uh, sexually speaking. Well, well for me, um, I remember just being really fascinated with the spiritual world in general and just being very fascinated with with the dark things in particular. And uh, so I messed around with stuff a lot, really scared my grandparents. And I remember my grandfather would be like, son, why do you like the devil? That's not normal. And uh, when I was... Fast forward to 14 years old, my grandparents actually died six months apart from each other, uh, both from lung cancer. And that really uh, just catapulted my anger even more uh, to the point where I wanted to delve into dark things more. And it wasn't until I was 16 years old I was getting fairly good at my instruments that I had picked up in beginner band, good enough to where as an upperclassman in high school, I could begin to teach uh, lowerclassmen, classmen, the freshmen yeah. and sophomores. And so I was giving this uh, one freshman lessons at the request of my band director at the time. And this freshman boy, he... He did both things. He invited me to church, and he told me about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, So I tell people nowadays, don't do one or the other. Do both. Both are acceptable and good and right. Mm-hmm. And um, it was through him telling me about Jesus and me going to the service that God used the preaching of the word from a blunt Southern Baptist preacher named Roy Ford and if you're listening to this, Brother Roy, hello. Uh, he's like my grandpa to me. I've
0: heard a lot about you, Roy. Yep, yep. A lot of good things.
1: Yep, and uh, Roy is uh, just a dear, dear brother, a very blunt but gracious preacher. And I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but the gospel and all its faucets was clearly preached, and and God used that sermon not that Sunday, but about a week or so later, uh, lying in my bed about 2 in the morning. Uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I understand this, and I think I believe it. And I believe it was there that God opened up my heart, and, you know, it's just been a roller coaster ever since. And, and I ended up getting a little bit of theological education along the way.
0: Just a smidge.
1: Yeah, just a smidge. And during my first uh, master's degree, my MDiv, I actually ended up meeting a church planter or a soon-to-be church planter that wanted to be sent from his local church in Fort Worth out to Provo Oral area. And so he recruited me and another dear friend of mine to go with him for a summer to help with evangelism with the church plant. And long story short, when we got out there or out here rather on the ground, we realized that there were some pretty big methodological disagreements as to how to do evangelism, what's acceptable, what's not. And so, once we got on the ground, we actually submitted to, to his wishes and kept it at what he wanted. And um, God, in his goodness, the church plant uh, met in the evenings in Orm. Mm. And so Taylor Cowan, my friend, and I decided, well, we don't know very many Christians here. First Baptist Church of Provo meets in the mornings. So we ended up doing First Baptist Provo in the mornings and then this church plan at night. And so we did that all summer. The The church planning pastor wanted me to actually stay and become an elder with him, and I told him, no, thank you. I really want to finish my studies, and then I'd think about it. Well, long story short, I had said that if I was ever going to do ministry again, it would be through the First Baptist Church of Provo. So, all in all, I came out here probably four or five times after that on various trips, and God opened up the door for for me to move out here full time around the year 2020. Yeah. Uh, I've been here ever since, and God's mm. been God's been so good to me. And and I've been full time ministry ever since I've been out here. Uh, first as a as an evangelist, and now now as the pastor of education and evangelism. So I still get to do quite a bit of evangelism. And I just get to live my life with the church members that I love. So,
0: Yep. We love
1: it, too. Oh, well, thank you, brother. <laughs> we really do love each other,
0: yeah. all the dark humor aside. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a lot of uh, fun out of Ed and I because, uh, I mean, we're, we're about the same age. Yep. Got me beat by six months. Yeah. But, uh,
1: although some think you're my father.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I th- hopefully that is an element of the podcast, just seeing what it looks like to be brothers and good friends and thinking through the word of God together out mm-hmm. loud. That's you know? right. So, That's right. Uh, we, I don't expect the, uh, nature of this podcast to be hyper intense all the time, but, mm-hmm. you know, to handle the things that need to be handled with reverence at the appropriate time and, be mm-hmm. humorous at the appropriate time as well.
1: That's right, that's right. In fact, you know, if you get to know me, dear listener, I uh, love having fun and making jokes. Uh, but when it comes to talking about the things of God, um, there's, there's a time when the joking needs to cut off and you need to realize you're a presence and you're in the presence of a holy and just God. Mm-hmm. So, I know my brother here agrees with that. So,
0: yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Brendan? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I uh, had a very different raising than you, even mm-hmm. though it was in Texas. I grew up in a believing home with parents that loved the Lord and, uh, grew up in church and was taught the Bible from a really early age. And, uh, um, as a result of some of that just was, uh, in a, in a negative way. I mean, obviously it's never negative to be taught the Bible, but, but for me early on, it had the effect of turning me into a very typical Pharisee in the sense of, uh, wanting to find the loopholes that would allow me to be perceived as righteous while living my life in the way that I wanted to at the same time. And so, uh, I, Kind of was a good Christian kid and was a, definitely a people pleaser in my childhood and wanted to uh, please my parents, wanted to please uh, people at church and leaders and things of that nature. And uh, and so I can really recall wanting to be hyper-religious in the sense of, uh, or for the purpose of just gaining people's approval. Like, hey, look, mm. that's Brendan. He's a good kid, you know? And uh, so that went on for me uh, really strongly on the religious side of things until middle school. And then once I got to middle school, it was the true hypocrisy that kicked in because Mm -hmm. I wanted one foot in the world and one foot still having a good perception in my religious circles. And so I started really living a total double life at that point without any conviction or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I think because I was in a church environment, especially an environment that very much talked about, you know, the rapture and things like that a lot, I had a sense of fear of the Lord. But I think it was a fear that I knew I was gonna be judged by him if he came back. You know, and, and I think I was healthy in one sense, mm-hmm. right? I I even I was I was in my sin, there there was this sense of I really like my sin too much to give it up. But, man, I'd be in trouble if Jesus came back right now. And uh, so, anyways, I continued on in that way through middle school. And in uh, high school, I went to a uh, big, emotional, revivalistic sort of church camp, uh, you know, student life mm-hmm. church camps, the the kind of camp that you and I would both say, eh, there's probably good things that happen there, but it's also things that would be concerning at the same right. time. And uh, it was a very emotional night, but the Word was actually preached faithfully Mm. by the guy who was preaching, and I very specifically remember him preaching from Galatians 2.20, and it was like the Word of God was piercing my soul. Mm. And uh, I specifically remember the uh, explanation of Galatians 2, uh, and it wasn't just 2.20, but 2.20 being the the main verse of the text, Mm -hmm. but you know, that that verse says, for I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the uh, guy who was preaching just really made it clear, if you are in Christ, you've died to self. Your life is no longer your own. You don't live for you anymore in any way. And I just remember thinking as I heard that preached, I am living for myself both in my religious activity and in my absolute heinous sinfulness in the Mm. world. And it's both for self. And it made sense to me. It just clicked. And I was broken and uh, just wept before the Lord. And uh, God really, I mean, totally changed my life around. Even I had really bad relationships with my siblings for Mm. the most part. I was very, even becoming more disrespectful towards my parents and and the Lord just, it was a 180 repentance, mm. um, new creation. And uh, I remember in particular, the, the biggest thing that changed for me is, is I'd grown up around the Bible my whole life, but suddenly I had an insatiable appetite for the word of God. I just could yeah. not stop reading it. And I wanted as much of it as I could get. Mm. And, uh, and it just had joy in the Lord. And uh, God started really growing me at that point. Um, and that happened the summer before my sophomore year in high school. And then for the rest of high school, uh, just was involved in, in church. And uh, the, I think through a lot of just reading the word and uh, you know, I remember reading through the, the Pauline epistles and just hearing his descriptions of ministry and sensing like, I want to do that with my life. I want to, I want to preach the word with my life And, you know, had some really uh, childlike dreams and ambitions that somehow Mm -hmm. that was going to happen by being a drummer who's going to travel the world and, you know, play really awesome music and then explain Mm -hmm. the gospel after. Brendan is a good drummer. And then I decided that that was not going to be the way it was going to look. And yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Well, Brendan
1: can keep rhythm and keep beat.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since I played a full kit, though. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I have my full kit in my house. I Ooh. just haven't set it up in a long time. Yeah, I need to do that now that we're talking about it. Yeah, that would, that would be fun. That'd be good. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'll just make the make the. Uh, that's the bulk of it, but mm-hmm. in terms of filling in the rest of how we got to now, I had a, a strong sense of calling to be in full time vocational ministry, if possible by the time I was in my senior year in high school. And mm-hmm. so um, I ended up going to um, Boyce College. Uh, thankfully, the Lord put you know lots of people in my life that got me reading good theology, mm-hmm. uh, reformed theology when I was in high school. And I was aware of kind of where I could get more solid teaching and uh, learned about... I, I knew of Southern Seminary, didn't know they had an undergrad school. And so then mm-hmm. I learned of the undergrad school through a uh, brother who's a, a pastor at a really faithful, strong church in yep. uh, Amarillo, Texas, Trinity Baptist Church. Yep. And uh, I learned of Boyce. And, um, you know, right in April, I had all everything lined up to go to a different school. And this was April of my senior year and changed everything in about a week when I heard about Boyce College and ended up going to Boyce College in Louisville, Kentucky and mm-hmm. got my undergrad there and then went straight from my undergrad into my MDiv and studied the rest of the way through at uh, the Southern Baptist Theological <laughs> Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. So yep. I lived in Louisville for eight years. And while I was in school, in in particular in college, I met my wife working at a summer camp in North Carolina. She was studying nursing at Liberty University, and we both ended up working at the same <laughs> summer camp. And we met there, dated long distance, and ended up getting married uh, when I still, she's a year older than me, but I still had a year left of college. We got married, started having babies, and now mm-hmm. have five children. And uh, when I was in college, that's when the Lord started really putting Utah in my heart. Because mm-hmm. yeah, but early on, I mean, really, probably from from my freshman year, and maybe even before. I started sensing, I think the Lord's going to have me in the United States somewhere, but but I want to be somewhere that is very, very lost. Mm-hmm. And at Southern Seminary at the time, there was a lot of advertisements going on for New England, which is a very lost, right. unchurched area of the United States. And so I started thinking maybe Boston or something like that, you know. And uh, anyway, I, I took a class the last year of my... Uh, Senior year, uh, uh, the last year of my senior year. Yeah, this makes it sound Mm. like I did lots of senior years. (laughs) Uh, Took a class my senior year on new religious movements Mm -hmm. and learned about the needs in Utah. And I was like, wow, like I had it wasn't even on my radar. And that's Mm -hmm. when it got on my radar, and the Lord started. Uh, just just growing that desire to potentially be there. When I finished seminary, it was obvious that that wasn't right where we were going to be going, if we were going to be going there at all. And the Lord opened the door wide open for us to go back near to where I'm from, which is Amarillo, Texas. And so we went to Canyon, Texas, and I was a student pastor at First Baptist Church of Canyon for close to four years. And during our time there, I got us connected up here to First Baptist Provo, and we started Mm -hmm. bringing short-term mission teams up to serve First Baptist Provo and, uh, didn't know if that would ever become anything. That wasn't the intention when we started the relationship. I didn't mm-hmm. know. If, I mean, for all I knew the Lord was going to have us in Canyon. I just wanted to help him whatever way we could in Utah, mm-hmm. but, uh, that ended up culminating in the Lord starting to move on the heart of the guy who had been the, uh, at the time the label was still senior pastor. He had been the senior pastor at first Baptist church of Provo for, um, almost 10 years at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Lord started impressing upon his heart a new vision for ministry that was more investing in, uh, discipleship areas in the church and, you know, some global mission aspects, but then also he's, he's gifted at doing business and wanted mm-hmm. to focus more on business. So that's, that's Russ Robinson. He may jump on the podcast at some point. We'll see. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So he, he asked uh, me and my wife to pray about coming out here to, to, uh, be the pastor of preaching and vision at at uh, First Baptist here. Yeah. And uh I told him at that time I was like, you know, the Lord put that on my heart a long time ago. I just wasn't going to say anything cuz that would be mm. awkward, right? Yeah. Uh, can I yeah, have your job? I think I can have your job. You yep. know, I don't yep. know. Right. So yeah, we've been out here for about 18 months now. Um, not a long time, but Uh, just loving it. I mean, never had a sense of being where I'm supposed to be more than I do now. So for those uh, who don't know, um, let's talk about some of the dynamics of where we live just really briefly. So that, you know, just people are aware Mm -hmm. of our ministry context as they're listening to the podcast. Cause some of that will come through, I'm sure (laughs) in the way that we discuss uh, the content on the podcast, though the focus isn't going to be on Correct. ministry Correct. in Utah. The focus is going to be generally on applying the Word of God to the people of God. But uh, what's our context like here? Correct. So what I would
1: say, and Brendan can add, add on as he fit as well, is that uh, Provo, Utah it is um, the most lost metro area in the U.S. So Provo, Orm. Is the general metro area. And really, you could kind of think of it like um, part of the greater uh, Salt Lake metro
0: area. It's like the Fort Worth to Dallas. Right. In a way.
1: About 45 minutes out. Yep. Actually, about the same for Fort Worth now that I think about it. But, uh, yeah. And what makes this place so interesting is that a lot of listeners, you've probably heard of Brigham Young University, and a lot of folks, when I go back out east, they think that Brigham Young University, BYU, is in Salt Lake City, and it's not. It's located, their main campus is right here in Provo, about 10, 15 inch minutes away from uh, where the church is located here. And as such, because of the influence of BYU and just the history of Utah and all that good stuff with Brigham bringing people out here out west, Provo has been a uh, stronghold for religion known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints ever since the early to mid-1800s, so the early to mid-American 19th century. And with that comes about, if I could give you percentages, last time I looked, it was like in the 80s in the percentile range. We'll say 84%. Yeah,
0: I've heard. so. The official number as of the 2010 census was it's uh, 89% LDS. Okay. But, uh, you know, I had another brother pastor out here in Utah tell me like a few weeks ago that Mm -hmm. the updated numbers is it's now only 73%. Wow. Isn't that wild? Uh, That's how fast it's changing. Which, by the way, 73% is still going to be the most intense LDS population that you're going to find anywhere in the world right? um, right. in terms of the mass, the number of people, but then also how concentrated they are all into the same faith.
1: Right. And uh,
0: you've probably
1: heard of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints before. Uh, They go under the more common name of Mormon. Uh, However, to be fair to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they uh, no longer officially like that designation, a lot of them. It, it really depends upon who you are talking to, whether or not they're chill with, with being referred to as Mormon or not. Yeah. But that being said, just a Cliff Notes version, um, uh, the LDS religion, I'm using that for shorthand, LDS, Latter-day Saint, is not part of historic creedal Christianity. And if I may say, there's another fine podcast that just came out that'll go into all that good stuff. So if you don't like what I said there, uh, go and look up that podcast. Uh, I think I may know
0: what's the podcast I don't yeah know. it's my
1: like, <laughs> uh, distinctive Christianity
0: yeah and that that yeah. podcast by the way um, I started because there's another brother out here who is a very sharp theological thinker but he is uh, he is XLDS and uh, one of the one of the odd benefits in a way I think of living out here is because you live in such a hyper uh, religious context, and not only that, but you live in a hyper-religious context alongside of a mass of people who want to insist that they are Christian when historically we would define them as very clearly being heretics, mm-hmm. but it forces us to be very sharp theological thinkers. Yes. And yeah. that, that's, been a, I mean, that's been a real good thing since I've been out here. Right. I've had to, I've had to really make sure that my distinctions are clear on yep. what the true faith is and how that's articulated uh, in order to communicate that well to a faith that's going to use the same language as us with different definitions of those very same words. Correct. Um, and they're going to, they're going to also try to present themselves in such a way that they would make you think that you're the same as them, mm-hmm. um, right. that there's not really that big of a difference at all. Right. Uh, you know? And so, um, yeah, I think I think you know my co-host on that podcast, Skylar, just does an exceptional job of parsing those things out, and uh, he's another good brother that's friends to both of us out here in Utah. So if you're going to listen to the podcast, don't do it for me. Do it because it's worth it because Skylar's on there.
1: So. Amen, amen.
0: But uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a good rundown. Unless, yeah. unless you had anything else to say about just life and ministry in Utah, but
1: yeah, there there's not a lot of evangelical. Christians, yeah, and I know zero
0: point four nine percent is the number that we most often hear. So, correct. Yeah.
1: And I always try to be generous and round up to zero point five when I say it. But either way, it's yeah. astronomically low. And when when yeah. we say evangelical. Um, I know that word gets tossed around, especially on the sociable sites and stuff.
0: Them sociable. Yeah. Them sites out there that people do stuff on them. them fate, they put their faces on that book and stuff.
1: hmm Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the social media sites. There yeah. we go. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Those ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, there's something out there called like the Insty, Instagram or something like That, that sounds like... Something on a Hot Pocket advertisement or something like that.
1: Or marshmallows. <laughs> so, you know,
0: instant Graham marshmallows. Insta yeah. coffee, insta.
1: You don't drink instant coffee. and We don't talk oh, about don't. that on this podcast.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Not, so. not unless it is, you know, is something related to the seed of Satan. Well, that's true. It that uh, might be too strong. Mm, too strong.
1: Maybe not. <laughs> it's a, Sorry, so, <laughs> what, what, were you, what,
0: where, what were you saying?
1: Yeah, so so what I was going to say is when, when, when we talk about evangelical, we are talking about people who would say that they are putting their hope alone, their faith alone, their trust alone, in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm being that specific with my wording uh, because of the context that we're in out yeah. here. So, so, and they are hoping and trusting and believing in Christ alone, in order for them to have forgiveness of sins, mm-hmm. and be granted eternal life, to be adopted into God's kingdom, and be declared righteous before Him. Yep. So, so that's what I mean when I said at the very beginning, you know, that we are blood-bought, born again Christians. Yeah. That is what I mean when I say evangelical. So that percentile is very, very low. People that would say that they are trusting only in Jesus. Yeah.
0: And the genesis of the idea for this podcast, at least for me, comes out of really the context that we're in, Mm -hmm. which is a context that is filled with people that deny sola scriptura. Correct. Um they so the LDS faith believes that scripture alone is not enough. There's not enough in just scripture. You need more revelation. You mm-hmm. need ongoing revelation. Uh, because even their God is continuing to progress. And as he progress, as he progresses, he will reveal things that ought to change within our own beliefs according to their system. Correct. Um, or he will sharpen, you know, our mm-hmm. understandings or things like that. And so LDS people will be very clear, even if they want to try to argue that they're Christian, they will undeniably tell you the Bible alone is not enough. You've got to have the Book of Mormon, you've got to have the Doctrine and Covenants, you've got to have the Pearl of Great Price, and I think most importantly in an LDS system, you've got to have the ongoing revelation that's being given by their church leaders, whom they call apostles and the prophets. So. What I want to do in this podcast, and this is for the sake of the church and those—I mean, those who are in Christ—is I want us to to show on a real practical level, uh, but also theological mm-hmm. and also exegetical, that sola scriptura is not just a, a nice idea, uh, and it certainly isn't a, uh, an impossibility, but that the Scripture really speaks to us. In every right. way that we need it to, now. Correct. It speaks to every issue um, in the world yeah. that we need to know how to deal with as pertains to life and godliness.
1: And and I would say along with that, uh, a word that's tossed around a lot is the sufficiency of yeah. Scripture, which we'll get into that when we get into real episodes as well. Um, and just point a point cl- of clarification, dear brother, um, just to make Sure, there's no confusion. Mm-hmm. Even when we say Bible, we are talking about the Protestant canon yeah. of the 66 right. books. Yep. So, you know, the apocryphal books that are found in the in other, I'm going to say broadly Christian mm-hmm. traditions, uh, we we do not accept as Bible-believing, uh, convictional Baptists. So
0: when, yeah.
1: when we say... Uh, sola Scriptura, we are only talking about the sufficiency of the 66 books of the Protestant Canon.
0: Yeah, and and we'll probably get the chance to talk about that, right. because the format of this podcast, on the whole, is going to be taking various things that are going on, uh, that could be going on, in, in, w- whether in people's own lives, you know, individual struggles, things of that mm-hmm. nature, whether it be issues that are going on in the culture, what we want to do in this podcast is we don't just want to kind of gloss over scripture and say, well, scripture has this verse and then go on for the rest of the time talking about our opinions. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is really ground ourselves in the scriptures as we deal with various issues. So this is going to be a topical expositional podcast, meaning that we're, we're going to have various topics that we'll want to cover, um, whatever they may be. I mean, there, right. there could be an infinite number of topics, but what we want to do is we want to take that topic and we want to exegete texts of Scripture that we believe, when you dive in and see the meaning of that text and apply mm-hmm. it accurately, speak specifically to that issue. Correct. So we want to spend a lot of time in the text during right. this podcast, uh, perhaps even the bulk of it. You know, Perhaps the bulk of it will be just exegeting one or two particular passages of of Scripture Mm -hmm. and showing after the proper exegesis of them how this applies to a particular topic. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to get people into the Bible, right? right? But not to do that in too nerdy of a way. We want it to be, I mean, really devotional as well as we go along.
1: And doxological, Yeah. so worshipful. Uh, so my,
0: Ed was going to be doing a lot of singing for us on this no, podcast. No, no, nobody. You got, you got no, your undergrad no, in music, so you're going to yeah. be ready to do some beautiful. Bust out that operatic voice of yours. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So, oh. Sounds like a sounds like a dying chainsaw. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, Ed yeah.
0: is a very gifted musician. But well, apparently he stripped his vocal cords when he was in his younger years. Back yeah. in them younger. Yeah, you'll find also. One of my favorite things about you, oh is boy, Ed Ed talks like he's eighty years old, but don't be deceived; mm. he's in his thirties. Yeah. So we we
1: were talking about uh, back when the, I was a
0: younger man, I stripped my vocal cords.
1: Well, yeah. So, uh, but I, I was telling you guys about this chair I got. Well, when the guy that uh, delivered the chair met me, he had been talking to me on the phone uh, for a few days, just trying to set up times and whatnot to deliver this thing to me. And I'm coming around to meet him from from another building, Mm -hmm. and the first thing out of that man's mouth was something to the effect of, you look
0: a lot younger than I thought you'd be. (laughs) And I'm sitting there thinking. That's right. What is wrong with you? He was he was pulling up nervous to hand over the keys to that Lamborghini that does zero to sixteen about three seconds, thinking that you were an eighty year old man.
1: Yep, uh, apparently oh, he thought
0: you were going to run that chair right well, into. Well,
1: well, y'all should have seen Brendan. He was laughing pretty hard at that. So yeah.
0: Oh yeah. But that's but, good uh, stuff. But, but that that tells you everything to know about Ed. So
1: yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, I tell p- people all the time I got a personality similar to a to a dying tree stump. So, mm. so yeah. So here we are.
0: Hmm. The re- the root of Jesse came out of a dead stump.
1: Yep, you just ruined my joke. So. <laughs> yep, you're so happy with yourself. Oh goodness. Oh, all
0: right. So uh, yeah. So he here's what we're doing then. Uh, that's going to be generally the format is mm. going to be topical exposition, right. but that's not what we're doing in what we're going to call season one. And the reason I'm saying season one is just because we're not going to be running the podcast through the summer months. We we have really busy summers mm-hmm. here in Provo. And so we will be taking the summers off and uh, really just yeah. making this a, a thing that's going to be focused in the, the spring and fall semesters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we'll probably keep it going through the winter as well. Right. But for the next several weeks, we're gonna take a uh, a bit of time to establish uh, really the the uh, the doctrine of sola scriptura. Yep. I mean, in in many ways, we're we're gonna work this out and build a doctrine of scripture. And I mean, we're not gonna be able to go as in depth as some really good books that you need to read on this topic.
1: And we'll be recommending but, good books absolutely. As well, but
0: so. what we're gonna do for the first several weeks is. Uh, Week one, we'll talk about the authority and purpose of Scripture. Week two, we'll talk about the inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture. Week three, we'll talk about the clarity of Scripture. Week four, the sufficiency of Scripture. Week five, the transmission of Scripture. Week six, the necessity of Scripture. Week seven, the interpretation of Scripture. And then perhaps generally on the last episode, we will just kind of make the case on the basis of everything we've talked about for Silda Scriptura. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we will jump into the podcast and actually start applying the word that we've just built the doctrine for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what you have to look forward to. Um, anything you want to add to that?
1: Nope. I would just say, please keep listening. Please keep tuning in and and uh, just pray for us that we would be able to record these episodes well and, and that they, they would be clear and honoring unto the Lord Jesus. And then I really hope that you can say at the end of every episode, maybe even this pilot episode, that you have been blessed by God through our feeble efforts. And then pray for us at First Baptist Church of Provo. Pray that the true gospel would go out for the glory of Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. We look forward to you joining us on the journey. And uh, always, always, you're welcome to send us feedback through Facebook, Instagram, or the email that uh, we don't have yet, but we will soon. Yep, that's right. We'll see you at uh, episode one, which Lord willing, will be dropping in about a week. God bless you all.